Hey, we uh, have been in a series uh, in Ephesians, and uh, Ephesians 3 is where we are today. So if you have your Bible, uh, if you will flip there to Ephesians 3. We're going to be in those first 13 verses today. Uh, last week, pa- uh, last week uh, I took a little break, and I had the honor of serving in Rock Kids and oh my gosh, uh, that's, that's just uh, an incredible area for our kids to, to grow and learn. Um, but man, pray for our Rock Kids volunteers. They are, they are saints. And I don't mean that because the kids are bad. No, no, just mine. Uh, but, but, but just as a whole, that is such a pivotal ministry. So I love that I got to see it firsthand for myself. Uh, but last week, uh, Jacob came and he brought a word from Ephesians 2. And, and we tracked through verses 11 through 22. He wrapped up chapter 2. So today, we are moving into chapter 3. Okay, chapter 3. Last week, we talked about unity. And, and today is a little about unity. But it's about this really, really important aspect that, that we talked about since week 1. We're talking today a lot about mystery. Because I know for some of us, we're like, you know, in, especially in Christian faith, we're like, What's, what possible mystery is out there? You know, we know it's Christ, right? But Paul talks about mystery. If, if you can see the graphic up behind me, you can see that there are three dominant themes in Ephesians. We have mystery, we have identity, and we have unity. And so today, we are actually going to spend some time focusing on the mystery. So uh, again, turn over to Ephesians 3. But before we jump in, let's talk about mystery for a moment. You know, mystery can also be understood as like secrecy, right? Or, or maybe surprises of some sort. Listen, I love surprises. I love giving people things they don't expect. Not a hard time, always in love, right? I just, I love planning things. I love revealing surprises to other people. It's just something I love to do. So naturally, when uh, Kelsey and I first got engaged, naturally she did not see it coming. And I had this big elaborate thing planned. And so long story short, after I asked her family for permission, which is always important, y'all, and and, then thankfully they all said yes, uh, they said, how do you want to do this? And she was about to graduate from college. And I said, what if we close this as a graduation, a surprise graduation party? And then to surprise all of the people there, I will propose. And so we had this whole big thing planned and it was great. And I just, I love being able to do it. And, and uh, all of our friends were there and most people thought, oh, it's just a surprise graduation party. This is great. Uh, until the time came when everyone was talking about like how proud they were of her. And so her family was taking turns and her dad or someone said, Kevin, do you have anything to say? And Kelsey looks at me and says, you don't have to. And I said, I think I will. And, and so I just, I just talked about like how I was grateful for her, you know, and uh, who she was as a person and, and her, her walk with Christ. And I was leaning up, trying to play it cool against the fireplace, you know, like, hey, I'm cool, you know? I'm not about to propose or anything. And, oh yeah, you're a cool chick, you know? It's cool, we vibe, whatever. So we had been dating for like six months at the time. And then I stepped forward, and that's when like people realize there's something else happening. And at the time, you all think my pants are tight now. You should have seen it eight years ago. I couldn't even fit a ring in my pocket. My brother-in-law had to slip it into my hand where she couldn't see it, you know. And so as soon as I pull it out in front of her, she shouts yes kind of thing. Uh, And so I have always, I've always loved surprises. 
And, and so uh, she had no idea that was coming, obviously. Kelsey didn't know what was happening until it was revealed to her what was actually happening. So the Apostle Paul is drawing a similar distinction in what we are about to read. This mystery, he describes, it was a secret until God revealed it. Okay, The first five verses of Ephesians 3 preface this mystery. Okay, Ephesians 3, picking up in verse 1. Paul writes, for this reason. What reason was that? What reason was that? Last week was about unity, right? So for this unity reason. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, you non-Jewish people, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. He's prefacing, prefacing, prefacing. He's mentioned mystery a couple of times. So here it is. Here's the big reveal. Are you ready? Are you ready, church? I need to hear you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, here's the mystery. Here it is, verse six. The mystery is the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, verse seven. And we'll, after this, we'll stop here for a minute. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me, which was given me by the working of his power. Did you see it? In verse six, Verse six means that believing Jews and believing Gentiles, that's non-Jewish people, they are now one body together in his church and they are no longer separated. The mystery has been revealed. I'm excited about that. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, I preached from Ephesians 1 about our inheritance. And Paul writes how Gentiles are now also included in that inheritance. Like a stepbrother you had no idea existed, now you get to share your inheritance. But uh, Come on, that's not that exciting to you, is it? But it's exciting to God when you think about the inheritance of Christ. He, he gets to share it with more people, okay? And, and it's, but it's better than that, he's saying, all are welcome. And that's why today's sermon title is simple. Everybody, always. Everybody, always. And that is what Paul is saying, that this, that this news of the gospel is now for all people, in all situations, at all times. Everybody, always. Amen? Now, fast forward out of Ephesus. Let's go to us today. Let's go to us today. Because we may read or hear that, and you may yawn. You may kind of be less than impressed. You know, you really propped up this mystery like it was going to be a big deal, and I already knew that. Okay, fair, fair, okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not going to throw a stone at you, but you might have been ready for me to lay down something you've never heard before, but when I just said it, you were kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. I'm just saying it for what it is, okay? You probably were a little overwhelmed, but that is because you have already known this truth 
And the church has known this truth for thousands of years, that the gospel is for all people at all times, in all situations, everybody, always. What makes this so important is that they didn't know that, is that Paul is writing them and telling them of this. And here is why I want that to excite you. Like you've had two cups of coffee this morning, okay? I want that to excite you. One, because this is the gospel. That's an exciting prospect. It's the gospel, and that should excite you. It should make you jump up and down, you know? It should get you going, okay? Who needs coffee when you get a good dose of the Holy Ghost? Right, Bob? He knows. So number one, this is the gospel. It's the good news. And number two, this mystery wasn't revealed at all, at all, through the old covenant, through the Hebrew scriptures, but only through the truth of Jesus. As Paul writes, this mystery is that Gentiles are fellow heirs and partakers in the promise of Christ. In the original Greek, mystery is mysterion. I'm I'm trying to give you all the stuff to make you so smart at dinner parties. Mysterion. Mysterion means impossible to know. Impossible to know. There was no way to know this. As my wife would have thought, that party in May 2013 was just a graduation party. She would have believed that until it was over, unless she was gifted the gift of a proposal, right? Had the gift not been presented, she would have never, ever known about it. Paul is saying that unless God had revealed this, unless Jesus had come, the mystery would have never been known that this love of God is for all people in all situations at all times, everybody, always. In that day, this news, it was a shocking revelation for people. Uh, Not because God made a way for Gentiles, because God did make a way for Gentiles, okay? What was so shocking about this revelation was that God made a way for Gentiles to come to him but remain Gentiles. They didn't have to become Jewish because if you were to ask someone 2,000 years ago, put yourself in their shoes, sorry, put yourself in their sandals for a second. 2,000 years ago, if you approached a Jewish person and you asked them, can a Gentile know God? Or maybe our vernacular today, can a Gentile be saved? They would say, absolutely. That is a promise in our scriptures. Here is how it's going to happen. If you are a man, you will get circumcised. All people will come under the law of Moses. All people will eat a kosher diet. All people must become Jews. There are 600 laws to follow. And yes, you will be saved. The Apostle Paul says the mystery of the gospel being revealed to us is that is no longer necessary. That is a huge deal. Paul is saying a Gentile doesn't have to follow these traditions, uh, no need to follow the kosher diet, no, no, not, 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 not following in these ancient traditions that, that are, are valuable nonetheless, but we are free from the law of Moses. The mystery revealed is everybody, always. That's the mystery revealed to us. As I look out at the crowd today and and consider maybe some of your backgrounds. I think the folks who call Rock Vineyard home, I don't know anyone, maybe you are, I don't know anyone who is actually ethnically 100% 
Jewish. So that means, by default, most of us would identify as Gentiles in this case. Okay, So when Paul says the mystery is revealed, you and I, Gentiles, can come as we are, and we don't have to look and think and act like we are Jewish. That you could actually start a church with a vision like you belong here and be completely grounded in New Testament theology. Because you can come as you are to the throne of Jesus. You can come as you are and watch what God will do through your life. The mystery is revealed. The answer is everybody always. Who can come to Jesus? Everybody. But when can they come to Jesus? Always. The invitation is open. The seat at the table is available. You can come as you are. The question is, will you have a seat? That's it. That's it. So for this church in Ephesus, Paul is describing this mystery, the gospel for all people, all situations, all times. Paul describes this, and that means that God is uniting what had once been separated, the Jews and the Gentiles coming together for a new body, a new church, a new work by God in the lives of us all. Found in some writings of the early church, Christians used to consider themselves a third race. It's true. They would say, we're not Jews any longer. Or if they're over here, we're not Gentiles any longer. We've become something new. We are a new people, a new race of people. And what a beautiful concept that is to consider that it's not about dividing ourselves any longer by tradition, but considering the totality of our Christian belief that unites us more than anything else could divide us. And I know it's, it's, it's difficult to look at our day today and to see that this type of unity is hard to find, right? It's, it's, it's like we, we have a love hate relationship with it. And some days we hate it and some days we love it, but, but we do, we love and hate dividing people. Maybe we love dividing people, but we hate when we get divided, right? Along economic lines, along uh, racial disparity by sex and gender, political preference, age demographics. It's like we, we will tribalize though, right? Well, I'm over here, and because maybe you're a different shade of this area, you're still too far over here for my liking. Listen, I have this vision of a church that can be united in all these areas And I look back at this church and I say it's totally possible. I I think it's totally possible because of how the Jews and the Gentiles were pitted against one another. And yet they would come together in the name of Jesus. Jesus gets involved and Jews and Gentiles both come to faith in Christ and their lives are changed. But it doesn't mean that every single conviction that they had previously also changed. Jesus is God. And I still hold this other belief over here about whatever, government, who knows? Jesus is Lord, and I hate government. You know, like, like, like they were all coming together, right, under, under the umbrella of Christ. And come on, you all know. You all know, any time I can, I got to break something out. Um, I don't want to hear about this later. You shouldn't open that indoors. That's pagan, Okay. Okay? The Lord strikes me dead. But imagine, though, imagine with me that this is the umbrella of Christ. Umbrellas have a way of reminding us of what's most important. Uh, In college, I would wear my backpack with my computer on my back, 
And if it was raining, I would always angle my umbrella to protect the backpack at my own expense. Have you ever carried maybe a child or a baby with an umbrella? You would usually aim it in a way that the baby is so protected that maybe you are a little exposed, but it's not a big deal because you care. Imagine a Christian community that did that in mind, that we had each other's best interests in mind. And no, you know, maybe I don't like what you post on Facebook, right? Maybe I don't agree with you, but instead of leaning out and getting you away from my umbrella of Jesus, what if instead I chose to embrace those differences, to have a gospel conversation with you about it, but to be united and actually aim my umbrella, maybe exposing myself a little bit, but I could learn. I could be wrong. And I, wanna, I want to protect our unity under the umbrella of Christ. As a, as a baby held in my arms, I care about my relationship with you too much to let our differences of opinion come between us. I don't want to lean away and leave you out in the rain. Instead, I want to lean in and protect you and know where you're at. Imagine a church that didn't get lost in the, nope, sorry, you're out. Sorry. But imagine a church that instead kept most important things central, that stayed under the umbrella of Christ. And this is how we operated. Instead of, wait, you're a Gentile? Yeah, no thanks. Instead of, you're Jewish? No, I'm over here. But instead, leaning in. Oh, you are. Well, that's, that's a fascinating perspective. <laughs> Let me lean into that. Let me understand that. So think about this today. How are we doing this today? How are we, you know, tribalizing people today? How are we dividing people up all the time today? Come on, don't make me say it. I don't want to say it. Uh, so how are we doing this? How am I doing this? I do it too. Because in the, under the umbrella of Christ, we are one. It's not about preferences. It's not about difference of opinion. Do you follow Christ? We can work together. We follow Christ. We can work together. Now, remember, this, this gospel mystery was completely unknown before God revealed it through Jesus, okay? And he revealed it along with the apostles and the prophets in the New Testament. Now, that was the mystery God gave his apostles. And, and they were then able to take that answer to the world. So listen, listen here, church. Listen here, Christian. You are here today for that reason. Hear me out. Someone, a couple thousand years ago, they revealed this mystery to someone else who then revealed that mystery to someone else and revealed the mystery, right, to who? someone else. And eventually, if you could see the people, the chain of people from thousands of years ago to right now, to you sitting here today, at some point, the gospel mystery was revealed to all these people over and over and over and over and over. And yet here we sit today because of that. Like, that's wild to me. How many, how many people are, are we standing on top of, so to speak? How many people contributed to maybe uh, us coming to faith, right? Because the mystery was revealed. I remember, oh gosh, it was uh, 11 years ago. Jacob and I over here, our director of operations, uh, he and I go back over a decade. Uh, and we met in college, and I was beginning to take my faith more seriously. I grew up in church and all these things. And I was beginning to really take it more seriously. 
when I met Jacob, uh, he really was not raised in, in church and, and didn't really have that sort of understanding. Um, but as, as our worlds kind of collided, while he was just beginning to understand this mystery for himself, I remember sharing with him and others, because it was like, you know, 1 a.m. in McGregor, and this is what you do in college, right? Uh, instead of partying, we were talking Jesus, okay? And I remember sharing with him and others in the room about creation and how like it really solidified my faith to see God through the lens of science, that they're not opposed, but they work in tandem and, and how it encouraged my faith and emboldened my faith. And I remember, I didn't even know him that well, but I could see he's just looking at the ground and you can see like the gears turning, you know? And then things in his mind were at work. And while I may not have been present the moment Jacob gave his life to Christ, I'll never forget the look on his face as, as I got to talk about God. That was a group effort, by the way. We all worked really hard for that. <laughs> Many people played different roles in Jacob coming to faith. But the mystery of the gospel, it was revealed in his heart, though. And you're here today because the mystery of the gospel was probably revealed to you. If you call yourself a Christian, then you would, you would certainly hope so. That the mystery of the gospel was revealed to you, okay? And so while I may know some points in Jacob coming to faith, what about your life? There are people in your life who, who knew you and your doubts, knew you and your struggles, knew you and your questions, and they played a huge role in your life. Listen, have you given your own life to God? Has the gospel actually been revealed to you in your heart today? Not, oh, I was raised in church. That's fine, that ain't gonna cut it. Oh, my parents were Christians. My, my grandparents were Christians. God doesn't have grandchildren, okay? So get rid of that. Have you, have you made Jesus Lord of your life? Have you encountered, have you encountered God for yourself? The best news you will ever hear is that Jesus came for all people in all situations at all times. And that means you, that means everybody. And that means always. Uh, moving ahead now uh, into verse eight, Paul continues. He says to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, the very least, he's, he's, he's humble, y'all, okay? Remember from week one, I talked about how Paul always introduces himself. I am the apostle Paul, but I am the lowercase a apostle Paul, right? Uppercase a are the people who actually walked with Christ. Paul always introduces himself as a lowercase a. He's like, literally, he's like, I got the authority, but I'm not over here. I got the authority, I'm an apostle. But Paul is showing his humility. And he's saying, I'm the least of all these saints. And I'm curious if he's remembering, if he's remembering how many times he accused and killed Christians, right? Paul continues, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery. That's the fourth time we've encountered that word. Hidden for ages in God who created all things. Listen, I like to read from my ESV, but you know, sometimes I go back to my New King James and I thumb through it. And what I loved about it is that in the, in the King James, it says, what is the fellowship? Not the plan. What is the fellowship of the mystery? Uh, the Greek here is koinonia. Koinonia, meaning communion, perhaps even vulnerability, to be drawn together. It's a partnership. It's a fellowship it's close relationship with one another. This Greek word koinonia means we are drawn together. Drawn together by who? Not us, by Christ. 
So we're drawn together by Christ for intimate participation, intimate meaning, vulnerable, prayerful, without holding back. But you know, that's not been historically my experience with church, the idea of not holding back. Usually at church, it's like whoever appears to have their life the most together wins a stupid prize, right? Like, like I, had, I had the worst week of work in my life. Hey, how are you? I'm great, brother. Just blessed beyond compare, you know? Like, and while that's true, like, okay, yeah, you're blessed because you know Christ, okay. But like, can we be real? Could we, be, could we be vulnerable? Could we not hold back? Could we actually embrace the idea of koinonia that is drawn together by Christ? But it's communion with one another too, right? This idea of koinonia. I want a church full of koinonia problems myself. That's the kind of stuff that I want. I want a church full of koinonia problems. And so, as I said at the top, is life hard? Yes. Is God good? Yes then let's live in the tension of that statement. Life is hard. God is good. Could we live in the koinonia of that together? Are you with me, church? Are you awake? Are you, are you okay? See, we like to think, at least me, okay? I do say we a lot. Uh, I like to think, and, and I think maybe most of you, we, we like to think that our problems are different than the problems they had a couple thousand years ago. Uh, they're not, Okay. The Gentiles were struggling with the Jews to be this new people, these followers of the way. And Paul writes about the importance of koinonia, of setting aside all the things we may disagree about and embracing the one who has drawn us together. Let's continue in verse 10. So that through the church, that's us. Hey, that's us. That's us, baby. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom, that's not a thing on the car, okay? That is the, the, the plethora, the diversity of wisdom. The manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Wait, wait, wait. Pastor, I was tracking with you until you got to the rulers and authorities in heaven. What's that about? Check this out. Why did God keep the secret hidden, right? This mystery, okay? It's been a mystery, and he kept the secret hidden for so long. Why did he do it? One, to give Israel the opportunity to fulfill its God-given role as God's chosen people that the Messiah would come through. Two, guys, <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. According to verse 10, to educate and inform angelic beings. Look at it for yourself. Read verse 10. Look at it for yourself to educate and inform angelic beings. Hebrews 13.2 says, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. I'll tell you about this very quick experience, and I still am unsure as to what in the world really happened. But I was, I was a lazy 16-year-old, and I got my first job at a, at, a, at a pizza place. And I wasn't really any good at it, and, and you know, I'm a lanky guy anyway, so I had like a double XL shirt, so I was not motivated to do a good job. And, and, and I'm just like there. And this guy shows up and guys, I'm not kidding. Literally light was shown all around him and I'm sitting there badly cutting this pizza and I'm looking over and this guy is just beaming with light all around him. It took me a moment to realize, oh, it's just the sun really. Um, but beaming from him nonetheless was just this kindness. 
and he started talking to me, and I don't even remember the conversation. I was just so infatuated by his presence. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, what gives? What's going on with this person? And, and, I, and I really, in that moment, I believe this is, this is an angel from heaven. It has to be an angel from heaven. And, and I didn't really know what to do, but he asked me a question. For some reason, I turned, and I went around the backside of the, the oven, and I came right back around, and the, he was gone. And I remember just how I felt, really, how, how it made me feel in that moment. Am I going to get to heaven one day and know that pizza guy was an angel? I, I don't know. I'd be very interested to find out. I never saw him again. Um, I asked anyone if, if, if they knew who he was, and they said who. Literally, they said who. But I remember thinking, I think I, I saw an angel. It's the weirdest thing. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, you've unwittingly entertained angels. Here's my point. And here is why I want us to seriously consider what Paul is teaching us, okay? We are, whether you know it or not, whether you want to believe it or not, we are surrounded by angelic beings, surrounded by angels. We don't know much about them, but we do know angels are created, and because they are created, they are limited. Angels are not God. God is not an angel, but angels were created by God. Thus, angels have limits. There are some things angels do not know. We know this from Matthew 24, 36. Uh, but concerning that day and hour, as Jesus returned, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven. So angels, like us, have limits because they were created. But listen, listen, church. Angels and humans are, are, are completely different categories of creation. We are not them. They are not us. Not to completely shatter your precious moment's view of angels, okay? But nowhere in the Bible does it say you earn your wings. Can we stop saying that? Nowhere in the Bible does it say that, okay? No, Grandpa didn't earn his wings. No, he's a human, okay? He's not an angel. Uh, that's a, a precious moment's caricature. Um, I digress. Verse 10, come back, come back. Let me reel you back in, okay? Verse 10 implies that we, you and me, us, the church, we are being watched by angels in order for them to see the power of God at work through us. What? Isn't that just mind-blowing to you? Watching us, angels, watching the church to see the power of God in in my life, they are watching. Angels are learning by watching the church. That's how serious this revealed mystery is. Y'all, heaven is watching. Heaven watches as we pray over others. Heaven watches as we worship. Heaven watches as we read the Bible and are empowered by the Spirit of God. Heaven is watching you, Christian. Heaven is watching you, church. But some of us, we still want to live like this is some sort of secret. Like, I'm a Christian. I don't want to say it out loud. Like, what? Uh, I mean, not to really mince words, but Jesus said, let your light shine. I mean, what if you just simply, every Sunday, you decided, you know what? I'm going to 
check in at church on Facebook and let people know I'm growing my soul, that I don't want to keep this a secret. I want to invite other people to grow their souls too, to experience that this mystery has been revealed. But also, listen, bringing people to church is great. Um, But also, hey, uh, live this thing out for yourself. Well, I got a lost brother and, and all that, and he's just, he's not coming to church. Okay, then go. Be the church. Go, go and, 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 and be present in his life. Live this out for yourself. Okay, we, we're going to finish in these last few verses here, picking up in verse 11. Read these three verses. Uh, uh, band, oh, Kelsey, Dindy. Uh, verse 11. You all, you all can come on up. Verse 11. Paul says, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness. Do you need boldness today? And access with confidence. Do you have confidence today? Through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. That means the gospel was at one time a mystery. But the cross right here has has revealed the mystery to us. The mystery was predicated upon the coming Messiah. And there were many questions about that. There were many questions. Who, what, when, where, how, why? And the answer today is the cross. You point people to the cross. It answers every question that you have. It's the cross. So this powerful thing known as the gospel, and that is Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection for our sins. This powerful thing known as the gospel. It was a secret, but no longer is. And it is now for all people at all times, in all situations. Everybody, always. And so for those who may be struggling with doubt or struggling if, if you really believe, listen, I'm not talking about what you intellectually want to be true. I'm talking about your soul. I'm talking about you choosing to follow Christ. As as, as it says, we just read it. Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. I'm just going to ask it. How confident are you today that you know Christ? How confident are you that by faith you believe with your heart that it goes beyond your head and into your heart. How confident are you in that today? Because we can be confident in that today. You, you can leave here today and not, have, and not doubt that. How confident are you in that today? And so if, if that's where you're at, I, I, I want to pray for you right now before we go into communion. Could, could, could I pray right now as, as maybe you make your way up to your feet and... and uh, and our band begins to play. Uh, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray for, for the one. God, I pray for the one. Maybe they've lived most of their adult life. And they know with their head that, that Jesus is Lord. But God, their heart is far from you. Um, maybe they were raised in a Christian house. Maybe they have Christian influence. And they've just kind of rode those coattails but they've never made the decision for themselves individually. I pray right now that that would take place today in our church, today with those listening online, that today would be the day that you would reveal this mystery, that Jesus came for all, at all times, in all situations, that you would 
you would soften our hearts of stone to your will and your way. And that as we go into a time of ministry, that we would be so bold as to come forward. And maybe for others, we're just struggling with different things. We have our own issues going on. Um, would we be so bold as to come in and ask for prayer over those things? Because prayer is powerful and effective. It changes things, it changes us. So could we intercede for someone today? In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, church, we, uh, we have a tradition around here. Uh, the last Sunday of every month, we ask our church to participate in communion. It is always offered at the front and in the back because we want you to be able to partake whenever you want. But the last Sunday of every month, we ask our church as a church, could we take communion together? And, and, and remember, communion is, is so much more. Communion is, is so much more than just, oh, drink some juice, eat a cracker. Um, it, it represents so much. Thank you. Um, but this, this juice that we have in this container uh, represents the blood of Christ, and we remember that that blood was shed for us. And we, and we take the bread off the top part, and we eat to remember that, that his body was broken for us. And so we have these baskets up here at the cross, right here in the back, however you would like to, but we ask that as a church, if you are in a relationship with with Christ, that this is a time to partake in koinonia, in, in, in holy communion with God. And uh, we'll, we'll have some folks up here to pray if you would like to do that first. Uh, but this is a time for us to worship, to commune with the God of the universe and remember his son's sacrifice. So as the band plays, you can move freely to the back or the front. Thank you.